Hi there, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Red Cheetah Yoga Transformational Podcast. And today I have someone very special and near to dear, near and dear to my heart on um, the 20th episode of this podcast. Um, a lot of you may not know who she is if you're tuning in from CrossFit Soul or anyone from Yeti's Gym down in Nicaragua. Uh, this is Yeti Osario. Yeti and I became really good friends when she um, came to Miami escaping the crisis that was occurring in Nicaragua, which I didn't know much about until I met her. Uh, She actually was um, part of the track sessions that I was leading over a year ago, about a year or two ago now, for the Team Soul training program, and we became very, very close friends, and she also became very close to the community and family that is CrossFit Soul. So I learned a lot And I hope you guys will learn a lot as well about Nicaragua and what's happening down there. Um, There are a few glitches in this episode just because we were recording over the Anchor app. She was in Nicaragua and I'm here in Miami. So um, we do have a little bit of a technological breakdown um, and a few throughout the episode, um, but we pretty much recover our conversation throughout. So um, with that being said, just a couple of events to promote before we get into the episode. Um, The Cheetah Coalition Project class at Burkle City Center is December 29th at 11 a.m. Please make sure to sign up for your free ticket. Go to Eventbrite and look up um, sweat and stretch at Lululemon at Brickell City Center here in Miami. I will be leading it. Um, it will be an amazing power yoga class right in the smack dab center of the holidays and the day after my birthday, no less. And goat yoga is happening January 18th and February 1st and 2nd. The tickets did just drop for this amazing event that does sell out very fast. I have had a lot of tickets sell already. So if you want to secure your spot, make sure you get your tickets. Look for goat yoga on Eventbrite. Um, It is not on any of my links yet. If you get the e-newsletter, there are links in the e-newsletter. You can go to Red Cheetah Yoga on Facebook and find the Goat Yoga newsletter. All the newsletters do post to the Facebook page, so you can find the links very easily there on the Red Cheetah Yoga page on Facebook. So, if you have any questions, comments, concerns about those events coming up, I do encourage you to attend all of them. And I also highly encourage you to give to the yoga studio. Just a reminder that the money that you do donate, anywhere from $25 to $5,000, earns you classes, gear, teacher training, memberships, depending on how much you give. And there is an option for um, a lifetime membership that is not listed on the ifunwomen.com page. You will have to reach out to me directly for that. Um, I highly recommend and dropping a really big hint that you should move quickly on donating to the studio if you want to take advantage of these pre-opening deals. Um, This is going to happen pretty quick, so get moving. Get Move fast like a cheetah. So, without further ado, here is Yeti Osario. sound so much better how are you super excited super nervous at the same time but excited great oh my gosh I can't believe I'm talking to you and you're all the way in Nicaragua I know it's been so long 
but I'm excited to tell my story. I'm so <laughs> excited to hear it. Like, when was the last time we saw each other? Was it Wadapalooza in January? No, I came for the Soul Games in July, but we probably saw each other like once at the gym. Yes, that's right. Because you gave me my Red Cheetah Yoga jersey. Yes, I did. I love it. I just all the way from Nicaragua. Yes, someone was like, "Well, you have Nikki the Fairy <laughs> on the back of your shirt," and I turn around. Like, yes, it's also a Red Cheetah Yoga shirt. <laughs> because that was reminds me. That's what reminds me of you: fairy dust oh. and fairy and magic and avocados and unicorns. <laughs> Avocados and you. Amazing. <laughs> so speaking of avocados, I heard that there's like some conspiracy with avocados in um Mexico happening right now. Have you heard of this? No, like, no idea. Cartel is like calling avocados like green gold or something crazy. Well, uh, yeah, there's some like crazy. I believe in that. I believe it's green it gold. It is green gold. I actually have a homegrown avocado here in my kitchen. I'm looking at it right now. It's delicious. You have to come to Nicaragua and eat avocados. Are they better in Nicaragua? Everything tastes better in Nicaragua. (laughs) (laughs) I just have to say that to make you come, maybe. I've never been. And I actually have a friend from college who I think is her heritage is from there. I don't know if she was born there. I know her parents are from there. But she went when we were in college. And she did some really cool stuff there. It was like, yeah, I mean, go ahead. it Nicaragua is like Wonderland. Here you can do pretty much anything you want. We are the one of the poorest countries in Latin America, but and now also we are going through a really bad social political crisis. Mm-hmm. But even like that, it's the safest country, and it is the we have the most amazing human beings. Everybody will smile back at you. Everybody will help you, and it's just like we are full of really humble people and we have volcanoes we have the beach like two hours away and so it's wonderland that's how i call it and if you want to get something done you're probably going to get it done i know in the states and in every other country and that's probably what those countries are working better is because they have rules and people actually follow them (laughs) we have rules but we don't care about them so sounds like that's why (laughs) you're really selling me nicaragua right now Yes, no. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> no rules. <laughs> so I, I also have a message for you from um, Frank Obergon. Oh my God! <laughs> yes, he's he's really excited that we're doing this interview. He did my first. He was my very first podcast interview. Um, really, just texting back and forth because he gave me uh, he gave me a Yeti cup today. <laughs> I got my very. First- I need a Yeti cup. I need a Yeti cup. Yeah, I'm going to have to put this on the Instagram. Um, and it's hot pink and it has a. Oh, a just like you. On it. <laughs> and it's a Yeti yeah. cup. So I, I feel like this whole conversation came full circle and we're three and a half minutes in. It's so great. <laughs> so, that's fine. That's how we, that's how we roll. It is how we roll, isn't it? Amazing. So yeah. for all the listeners, um, Yeti, Frank, and I, Frank, if you guys have gone back to the very first episode, of this podcast frank was my very first interview ever on this podcast and the three of us all worked and trained at soul together so yes speaking of my happy place soul, crossfit soul miami because there's more than one crossfit soul variations out there in the world so we're speaking <laughs> specifically to cross crossfit soul miami so the reason why i have you on the podcast um is because you're such an inspiration to me yeti and um you are my inspiration (laughs) we inspire each other and that's what makes 
friendship, yes. I feel. Um, so I was so like touched, moved and inspired by your story and everything that you had um, gone through to end up at soul. And, yeah. um, I wanted to have you on this podcast, kind of talk about that a little bit. Cause like, you know, being in Miami, which is basically like, you know, little Cuba in the United States, yeah. <laughs> very in also working really hard at opening my yoga studio. Um, you know, I'm just not aware of the things that are happening in the world. And I feel like of course, an awesome story to share and to tell. Um, and it could ha- really have an impact for some of our listeners. So looking at my list of questions, uh, let's mm-hmm. begin with how would you describe your childhood? I would say I had a lot of love involved. Like there was a lot of love coming from my mother and my dad. I was not planned. Uh, my pa- my parents were going through a separation at the time. And I was, let's say, mm-hmm. let's not say a mistake. I would say unexpected. <laughs> okay, great. So <laughs> I wasn't planned. But at, in the end, my mom just had my brother who was 10 years old o- already. So I wasn't planned. And I was a little girl. So I had a lot of love. My mom was already already old, my dad too. And me being the little girl of the house, I had a lot of love. There was also conflict, as I believe in every family, but my parents were, were not getting along. But I would difference that from what my brother went through, that he had them together. I never had them as a couple. So I, don't, I cannot say that I went in a struggle with my parents' separation. I had them as my mom and as my dad, and they were pretty amazing to me. And even though we're not rich, I do not live in the richest country either. I, I, I can't say that I didn't miss anything from my childhood. Like I had the chance to travel since I was little. I had every toy that I needed. I believe I needed. Of course, I didn't need anything. <laughs> and I had food and love. So I believe it was a happy and loving childhood. How old were you when you went on your first trip and where did you go? I believe I was four, and I went to Miami. Oh, amazing. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I wanted to add that, well, this whole thing, and I believe my whole story, it's going to start with a social political crisis happening right at this moment in my country. Mm-hmm. So um, what happened is that social political, I'm not going to get into it. I'm just going to say that it affected me directly when I started working at this gym, at this CrossFit gym, and we were doing so good. CrossFit here is new. So we had over 230 clients and then it has started and it hit everybody. Like um, people were scared to go out because there were protests going on. Um, People were losing their jobs. People that were investing in Nicaragua as a really rich country with like, let's say beaches and volcanoes and everything that we have. Mm -hmm. People were investing in Nicaragua, but when it wasn't a safe country anymore for investors, like a lot of people left. So I lost my client, my personal clients, the gym lost over 150 clients. So it was a really big impact. And that made me think, you know what, I I need to do something else. Cause it's, it's like, I was so frustrated and overwhelmed with with what was happening. Like I was crying. I wanted to help people. I wanted, cause it was students protesting against what the government believes and the government had police the police with them so it was not safe it was really young people that were representing what we all do not want because most of the Nicaraguans do not want the president that we have it's kind of a similar situation with what was happening in Venezuela Mm -hmm. so 
Can you the thing is speak that... a little more to exactly what's occurring in Nicaragua? Because like this isn't beyond the scope of the um, context of this um, podcast. So I'd like, could you shine okay. a little bit yeah. more of a light on what exactly is happening? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I get so excited about this <laughs> when I talk to it because I like to share what's happening. Yeah. Um, I'll try to Definitely make it wanting- short. Let's say... Yeah, let's say the president that we have right now has been reelected for, it's been the president for over 12 years. Oh, wow. So that cannot be good in any way. It's like there's no democracy. Whenever there are elections, yeah, you can either vote or not vote, but they're going to win because they there's so much corruption going on there. There's so much money involved. And me as a Nicaraguan, I never care about it. I said, okay, I'm doing okay. I have a job. I have my family is okay. It's not bothering me, but I never saw all the things that were going bad with this government being there for over 12 years. So there was, let's say, it all exploded when the government took away money from retired people. Oh, wow. The government already used all the money they could use. They're wasting money in any stupid thing you can think of. Let's say in my country, we have like Christmas trees, the whole, whole the, the entire year and it has christmas lights twenty five thousand dollar christmas trees in my country that i'm telling you is the poorest country wow. so it doesn't even make sense we have people dying of hunger we have people that do not have food and we have this stupid things on the side so then the government makes this new rule that they're going to use them um the retired people are going to get less money so students as uh, from the most famous universities here is Star Strike. So they're saying we're going to help them and we're going to go against it. So they take over universities here in Nicaragua. So the, the two biggest universities. When that happened, the police comes against them and they start shooting at students. So over 300 people died in less than four months. When was this? This was last year. It started on April 2018. And that's when you came here. Exactly. So at the time, it's like we were all in shock. Like we didn't know what was happening. We, in my case, I didn't understand how could a human being kill another human being in front of us and then deny it. Because let's say in my country, it, we have 60, 6 million people. That's Nicaragua. The population is 6 million people. Out of those 6 million people, not even 1 million has access to a phone, you know, a smartphone, a Facebook or whatever. So what we have, it's maybe the radio or television. On radio and television, the government owns every channel, owns every radio station. So they're going to say that what they're saying right now is that the United States wants to take over Nicaragua. So they're paying people, that will be the students, to create um, this crisis. Right? So nothing makes sense. Wow. So The the government is paying the students to create this crisis? Yeah, paid by the United States and by whoever is against them. Wow. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. That's the thing. It doesn't make sense. And the thing is that people were starting to be, to protest, or let's say we as a gym in all of the big, um, let's say, stores and markets, everything closed so the government could feel that we are against it. Mm -hmm. Um, In Spanish, there's a word for it, but I, I don't know it in English. The thing is that we were doing Spanish word. What is the word in Spanish? It's a, um, well, it's hold on right now. So the thing is that we were, we were protesting against. 
Are you there? I think you cut out a little. Just said oh, it's for are. the okay, government not so to receive anything. You missed part of what you said. Oh. Um, go back a little bit. What did what did you I'm say? Sorry. Okay. It's a it's a big strike, right? So every bank, every supermarket, every business in Nicaragua will close. So it's like a, the biggest strike we did. It's called Aparo Nacional. Like the whole country stops. Nobody goes out for one day. We did that three days in a row. And the government was just saying that, that there were people paid by the United States to do this and made the country go into crisis to make tourism stop and to just make the country collapse that they were, have been working so hard for it. So there are two versions of the story, but the thing is that most of our, the Nicaraguans are getting what they hear on the television because right. that's all they have access to. So it's just a big mess, and I don't want to get more into it because I'm going <laughs> to talk for more than 10 minutes, and it's not the case, and well, I don't want to bore you or anybody who's Plenty listening. Plenty of time for you to get a complete <laughs> clear story because I find it fascinating. <laughs> I've never... Um, been in a crisis like that before knock on wood um and my heart always goes out to people who do go through these things um and i feel like in the united states we're so separate from from those kinds of experiences yeah it's to me it's like getting just getting in the airport what's like how how is it possible that in my country like people are protesting people are dying and Everybody here, it's like, oh, they're going to Disney World. They're going, they're having food, they're having this. And it's like, we're so disconnected. And that's okay. Of course, I'm not saying, I will compare it to when my grandmother died. When my grandmother died, that was the, hor the most horrible thing that ever happened to me. I felt like the, the world stopped. And then I looked around and everybody right. was living their life. And I cannot blame them. But it's my actual situation. So for me, it was like, I was so overwhelmed. But when I like saying that, it's like when everything started, when every when I was protesting in the streets every day, my mom was scared because people that were protesting, they were taken on a list. So the police was going to come and take you from your house. There were so many things. I got death threats and everything like on my phone. I got messages on my social media. It stopped posting about um, against the government or your kids are going to die. It's, I don't even have kids. They it's like they're sending you? random messages. That's but just to have I've a, never heard of that. Yeah. Well, I really sheltered life here. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like the government it's so into power, into owning this country as if it's theirs. The president and his wife is the vice president. Then he has five kids. His kids own pretty much Nicaragua. Like every gas station is theirs. The radio stations are there. The TV stations are there. So it's like wow. they own the country and it's not fair. So it's like we don't get a say in. We don't get to have an opinion. And when this happened, when with the people that are retired were taking their money from them, that's when everybody was like, okay, this is enough. And when we saw on TV, not on TV, I mean on Facebook, on videos from real people, from my friends, from close friends, that the, the police was shooting at students. You know, we were like, okay, something it's really wrong. Yeah. It's like they were, they were happening, it was happening like mi miles away from me, not so far. 
like in my gym, let's say it's located mm -hmm. in between the two biggest universities. Because then you have Miami that is so big. Like everything to me, Miami is so far because the, the city is just so big. Here, it's not like that. It's like really, Sorry. like my Sparkles, gym is six no. minutes from my house. Split a firework in my neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Spark <laughs> the <hub>. Sorry. <laughs> Terrible timing. So it's a That's fine. How, uh, stop it, Sparkles. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Keep <laughs> chewing on your toy. Good boy. Um, so you were saying that um, it's you, Miami is really big in, in Nicaragua. Um, everything is really close together. Yeah. What is the main city in Nicaragua? Yes, exactly. And what is the main city in Nicaragua? Either what? the capital or the. That's where. Oh, yeah, that's where it. I live. Managua. Managua. Nicaragua. <laughs> yeah. Managua. Managua. Managua, Nicaragua. I love how that's Managua, Nicaragua. <laughs> right? Right. It's, it means covered by water because we are in between the, the two biggest, like the, the, the mm -hmm. Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean, the countries in between. And we have the, the second biggest lake in Latin America. So Managua is in between the lake and the ocean. And then the whole country is between the two lakes. That's amazing. The, I mean, the two I oceans. need to come visit you. Yeah. For sure. You sure need to come. It's like it's it's you're summer near the, you're all very year near long. Equator, right? <laughs> so, what are your yeah, other borders? We are what in are your between countries. Costa Rica, Love. which of course you heard from. Yes. Like yoga, it's always yeah. I bet <laughs> there's a lot of yoga there, and I know that say we we are a fan of yoga, girl. I believe, mm -hmm. and I, I know that she lived there also. And You're so we have a Costa Rica in the south, and I ha we have. Oh. I <laughs> yeah, I did. Book. Sorry, so uh, Costa Rica, <laughs> and then what else? Yeah. And we have Honduras, nice. Honduras nice. on the north. Very jungle. I love the jungle. And then on, yeah, we are like really, really in Central America. Like this is a central, central part of the whole, con the both okay. continents connect through Nicaragua. So that's why we are big and everything has to go through Nicaragua. So when the, this crisis has started, that's another thing. It's like the protests were closing the border. So if something wanted to go from Brazil to the United States, it could not pass. Wow. So it was a big deal what we were doing. But when the government saw that they had no, no option, they just started killing people and threatening people. So when we, that... Let's say me, I was on the street every single day saying I hate this government or whatever I had to say, even though I felt empowered and I feel good because I was doing something good. Um, they just they inspire fear like they made me fear that I would do that because let's say I have a niece. So when they send me this text message saying we're going to kill your kids, even though I said I don't have kids, I was just thinking I, I don't ever want to receive something that they know I have a niece. They just send random text messages or random threats to get us to fear them and to and stop doing what we do were that doing. Because they control everything. And exactly, exactly. So in the end, we just stopped. That's what, what happened. Like right now, it's like ev everybody has a fight and we know there are people that are actually um, working towards what we want, that what we want is this president out. But it's, it took me some time to understand that it's not in my hands, you know? And it took me this trip to Miami that was life-changing for me to understand that me in the streets 
it was not the answer, unfortunately. Like, I felt like I was doing something. But I was just making my mom cry right. because she was so scared that I was so, going to get killed. So, you end up in Miami. When, when, what made you yeah. choose Miami? And let's start there. What made you choose Miami? Um, I have traveled before. My mom has... My mom is an only child, and she has friends all over the world. Because of the this crisis, it's been going on forever. Like, as I said, he's been ruling the country for 12 years, but he's already he was already in the back of it since always. So in the 80s, there was a war in Nicaragua. So because of this war, my mom's friends travel and left the country to look for better opportunities. Most of them settled in the States, some of them in San Francisco, some of them in Miami. Miami has always been the cheapest destination from Managua to Miami. It's like I oh, bought my nice. last ticket for $250. You were telling me, so, I think one of the last yeah. times you were here, so, that um, even though you purchased a ticket, you weren't sure if you'd get on the plane until you got on the plane. Yeah. Can you, can you speak to that a little bit? Oh, yeah. Because, yes. Of course. So in the States, it's known that most of, of us go there. Of us, I'm saying Latin people or actually any, anybody will go there because there are better opportunities, job opportunities. So countries like mine are known for people live right. in the country and look for opportunities. So here I have to go through a process to a visa, a visa process where I prove to the embassy, to the United States embassy, that I want to go to the States for tourism, that I have a settled, I have a job, that I have a car, that I have money saved, and there's no way that I want to stay in oh, the States. Oh, got it. So you have to That's prove how you get all of that. I have to prove. And it's like they, they say, like, you have to pay money to get a date that you get a date and then they interview you which is overwhelming i'm telling you it's like frightening so they ask you i have as i said my first my first trip was for when i was four years old so i have a good record of traveling because as of my mom and all my all her, all her friends so we have been traveling a lot and i've been blessed with that so i have a good record I, but there's a lot a lot of people that are known for just go as immigrants to the states and they start with the tourism visa so they go there as tourists but they stay longer or they just stay forever and they 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 don't stay there legal so when we go through that process it's already hard for you just for being a nicaraguan or for i believe also people from mexico go through this but just for being from latin america and because we're famous for all this crisis that we have going on we're famous for going there right, and you just staying don't, do you, longer it, than we should. Um, just as simple as not showing up for your return flight. Is that all it is? Yeah. Just, just staying. You just decide to stay. So when I, when, when I was thinking of this trip, I was thinking, what if they deny me the, like, cause they know how things are at that point. It's like, Let's say, as I, uh, I told you, I have some American clients. They work here on the American embassy, the American Nicaraguan school. So there's a lot of the Americans here in Nicaragua. But before, there were more. So when things got bad with the government, as they were blaming it on the United States trying to rule Nicaragua, so all Americans were in danger pretty much. 
So every American in Nicaragua received an email and they were like, you guys should be careful because we're not wanted right so now because by you, the government. Like, the, you know? This whole like accusation of the United States doing these things in Nicaragua, is that true or untrue or are you not certain? I'm not certain. I would say right now, of course, it's not true. But it's what the government is using because we, as we, you know, we are a poor country. And then long, long time ago, history, maybe because we were in an independent country, Americans tried, tried to come right. here and take our land yeah. <laughs> as they did everywhere. But kind of it happened with history that in the end, <laughs> in the end, we just, <laughs> yeah. So, but that was like long, long time ago. Now we have rules. Now we have this. But it's just a way of saying that they're going to come and take our land because, as I said, we are in the middle of Central America. So we are, we have, if we have, the, if we have the money, we will be so good for, let's say, for coffee, for, for tourism, for whatever, if somebody came here with the money. So, uh, so that's why this government that it's called um, a gobierno from izquierda. How do they say? It's like Dominicans and, uh, I mean, Republicans uh, and... Democrats. What is it? Like one of the parties. Yeah, so it's just like that. But it's izquierda. Yeah, izquierda and derecha. So right now, it's... What we have right now, it's a government that it, it's against the United States. So they're against the United States taking over our land or people. And just... That's why they have that reputation. So at the same time, we have the United States and the embassy and everybody just protecting from that and protecting from Nicaraguans just immigrating to the States because nobody wants immigrants. Not, we don't want it. They don't want us. And I understand that. So when I bought my ticket and them knowing that the situation here was bad, that people were losing their jobs, wow. that companies were closing, I, I was pretty sure that me being 30 years old, they were going to be like, okay, what is this girl doing in the States right, right now when the, like the country's bad? Like, whenever we get into the States, we get a, a tiny interview. One time they even asked my mom, how come you have her right now on vacation if it's a school time? Like, what are you guys doing here? Or one time they asked me, um, so what's your, like, what do you do in Nicaragua? And I said, I'm a computer engineer. That's my profession. Uh -huh. Like, that's what I went to school for. So I said, I'm a computer engineer. And they go like, are you trying to impress Wait, me? Who, because you don't seem like a computer engineer. Is that engineer. on like the Nicaraguan I mean, side or is that on the Nicaraguan side? So, no, that's on the United States. This is when you they ask you so much. They ask you so much. Because and you're going that, was, that was a previous, a previous experience with me okay. getting into United States. When they know that you're young, they know that you want to come and stay. Let's say if you come and one one of my friends, she goes like she won she wanted to get married there because she wanted to have mm -hmm. like a, a Vegas wedding or something. But when she got to the border, they're they're like, What are you doing here? And she goes like, I'm getting married here. She got deported right away because what they're thinking, this oh, girl's gonna right. marry an American right. just but she to would stay actually here. wanted to just have her so, do the wedding. So Wow, that's Yeah, yeah. But they you you have to be really careful what you're doing and what you're saying because we have Right. We have a fame, like we're famous for that. In general, Latins are famous for just coming and staying in the country over than they should. The job opportunities are better there. And it's just that we have it bad here and we don't get, we don't, we will never get the amount of money you guys get per hour. Well, it's just, just a different so way of living. In perspective. So, in such a huge and that, yeah. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, of course, of course, and I believe that now that I went, now now I can say I have an opinion because I I kind of worked in the states for a bit and I also work here, so I know what it takes. That's why the this whole transformation of me came up. Like that's how I change it. I always tell my friends like, um, well here as I said I was a computer engineer. That's what I went to school for. I worked in offices for about seven years. I had so many mm -hmm. different jobs, but I always hated them. So at one point, um, I got I got fired from my from my job, and I was like, okay, maybe this is life telling me to do some what I want to do. And I always wanted to do something that had to do with helping people, with mm -hmm. getting people in shape. I love the gym, and at the time, I was a Zumba instructor oh, as a part time job. And <laughs> what did yeah from Zumba to CrossFit? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, let's get into your history. So you were I know. <laughs> Yeah, no more about the, the crisis. So if anybody's still listening, we're not going to coach talk I mean, about I the crisis anymore. I think it's still anymore. part of your story, though. So my, it comes, I let it come up. So, oh, yeah, um, of course. You, What was the first fitness-related thing you ever did? Okay. Uh, I always danced. So I, I was 12 years old when I started dancing, 10 years old in school. I will always do jazz, ballet, or whatever. And here, it's not as intense as it is in the States. The thing is that here, if you want to be um, a ballerina, if you want to be an athlete, you don't get support from anybody because government never has the money for to support um, um, sports or any dream that you might have. So it was just as a side thing. So I remember when I went to school, I had the decision to make and I was like, okay, obviously I cannot be a ballerina. So what can I be? So I had a list of things and I remember I was like, okay, uh, I cannot be a doctor because I hate blood. I cannot do this because of that. And in the end, okay, um, engineer sounds good. Um, computers. Yeah, that's the future. I think I should do that. <laughs> and I went to school for that. I hated it the whole time, but I was like, I need to finish this so I can have my diploma at least and make my family happy because that's what they are expecting out of me. So I did that. And I can say that me having a diploma gave me really good jobs back then. But I was always missing something. So I was always I remember I was 23 when I said, OK, um, I have been doing maybe Zumba, maybe spinning once in a while. But I never got into the whole fitness thing. So when I was 23, it was, a friend of mine was like, you know what? I'm hiring a, 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 a personal trainer. And I go, like, you're crazy. And he was like, no, this is the time where I'm going to be fit. And at the time, I'm thinking, okay, 23. My plans are <laughs> getting pregnant at 27, getting ready to trigger. So, yeah, if I want my dream body, I should start right now. Can I start so reverse? Okay, I'll, I'll go with you. You thought that you would be pregnant at yeah. 27? Yeah, I feel like so many Oh, yeah, I was crazy. In the we're we're going to go through that. that <laughs> and then 27 comes, and I don't know how you were, but I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, when, when I read your questions uh, about this whole thing, this whole interview, I was thinking your last question comes and asks me, like, where do I see myself in five years? And I was just thinking, I'm not going to answer that. I'm going to stay present because five years ago, I said something completely different from what I want right now. And five years from right. that, oh, my yeah, God, I was so tricky question wrong. asking so, that, right? It, <laughs> it is a tricky question. I mean, of course, 
And I was just talking to my brother also about it yesterday. And he's like, yeah, when I was 20, I thought I had a million dollars by 40. Right. And of course, I'm not even close to that. But that's life, you know. So at 23, I was like, I already had my plan. So going to my plan, it's, it's something like Rachel on Friends when she goes like, I need to have kids so I'm not married and all that. So she gets all <laughs> depressed because she doesn't even have a good boyfriend. That was me not having the dream body yeah, at 23. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm the Nicaraguan Rachel. <laughs> so um, I said, okay, I'll go with you and your personal trainer. Let's try this. So I remember he says, yeah, it has to be 5 a.m. And I go like, you're crazy. I will never get up at 5 a.m. This is not happening. <laughs> In the end, I got up at 5 a.m. I went to the gym. He didn't show up. And I ended up falling in love with the whole fitness thing like i so, was there every single day at 5 a.m from 5 a.m to 7 30 just doing weights doing um cardio anyway how no. did you fall in love with fitness yeah. and your trainer didn't yeah. show up yeah no i mean not the trainer oh, did show up my friend who said i'm paying for a so, trainer, trainer let's did, go at 5 a.m tra- yeah basically on your time yeah did yeah you- did you yeah so oh, that's amazing that's the greatest deal yeah. ever <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like and I will always thank this trainer because he made me fall in love with this and in one point I was at the gym so much that he was like you know what because here a personal trainer it's really different from there it's like right now this guy he has like 10 mm-hmm. girls at the same time but he's a personal trainer he gives each of them like a different routine but he will they will all be there at the same time so I remember when I was with him at one point he's like you know what you're good communicating can you help me with this one can you help me with the other one so I started helping them and I just love the fact that people were feeling so so good like let's say yesterday they couldn't live five pounds but today they can so they're celebrating and I love that they will always be like thank you for helping me so I feel like I was doing something for people. And that's awesome. That's how I fell in love with fitness. So as I was so, so the owner of the gym saw me there every day. And he goes like, um, don't you like to dance? Don't you like Zumba? And I go like, yeah, I love it. And he goes like, there's a certification coming. Would you like to do it and then work for me? And I said, of course. So he got me the certification and I started I, coaching. I think it's um, kind of the same. Coaches and lodges. Sure. It's probably uh, teaching is a better word for it. Yeah, teaching. Teaching. Zumba. I took one Zumba <laughs> class one time in college. Once was enough for me. <laughs> My body doesn't move yeah. that way. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, great, it's not for everybody. It's great, though. It's, it's not for everybody. And there's a thing not... to get people moving. <laughs> um, but yeah, it wasn't. It's like, it's like, it's a good option, as I said. Like, when with time, I like I would mm-hmm. recommend CrossFit for everybody, but with time you understand that CrossFit is not for everybody. So me as a motivator, as a coach, what I tell people: if you don't like CrossFit, that's fine, but give it a try. What? But then again, if you like Zumba and you think you're gonna be doing Zumba forever, right? That's the better is than actually doing incredibly than good for you. You know, so it's incredibly good for you. Like, yeah, it, that it was. Yeah, it was like, uh, though, I was always smiling. I was always having a good time. And that's how, so I, that's how I started, like, actually being an instructor. I was a Zumba instructor for a while. And here we have, like, a lot of charity events for old people, for kids with cancer. 
So I was always invited to that and I got to know a lot of people. And then at one point I was just, and my knees started hurting out of dancing so much. So I was just thinking I need to try something else. And by the time I was already like 27, 28, like already some years into the whole gym and the machines and, and I'm just a routine at the gym. Right. But it took so me let like me, three hours can I stop you for there. one second? With the talking. Not that the I would have... training that your yeah. personal trainer yeah. was giving you, what kind of training was that? Was it anything like CrossFit at all? Or was it more like bodybuilder? Okay. It had a little bit of CrossFit. Yeah, it was, it had a little bit of everything. Cause as I said, he has a lot of clients, so he has to know a lot, but he was the first person who ever passed the crossfit and did he do that there exam, or up here in Miami? which is kind of funny yeah no he he did it he did it like in in another state he did it in miami but he he was so involved in fitness that he was always traveling and making connections in in the states and going to anything that has to do with being an instructor or uh, into fitness so at one point he knew about CrossFit he heard about CrossFit and he took the exam he passed it but here just there was no CrossFit gym so I remember I would do snatches with a big bar and <laughs> they obviously didn't look right. like snatches but I thought I was doing them I remember my first CrossFit workout was at this regular gym it was 50-50 and I remember even like talking about my score but it had nothing to do with do you remember what feel, how feel, you feel, did feel, it at that yes. gym but like what the movements were <laughs> yeah it was like so uncomfortable yeah I remember me hanging from this thing that doesn't look like a pull-up bar it was just something funny to look at but I remember I, I enjoyed it I was I, we didn't have boxes mm -hmm. so I would jump over a bench stuff like that uh, I, I changed everything but we did it and so that's how I I already mm -hmm. heard the word CrossFit but I didn't know what it was so at one point I said you know what I need to change I need to give something else a try And I started doing some martial arts, but that wasn't for me because with this trainer, what I fell in love with was what lifting weights. When it comes to squats, bench press, I love deadlifting. Everything that has to do with powerlifting, I loved it. And he even signed me up for some tiny competitions here in Nicaragua. And I was like, just like, I love lifting weights. So I met this other gym and I tried um, martial arts. And the trainer, the first th thing that he says, he's like, lifting it's for stupid people. Like what? it has nothing to do with fitness. That's wait, not going to help you in anything. You're going to get that? injured. And that's in a, in a oh, martial art center here. So, yeah. I can't and believe I was you said like, that. Um, I can't believe you said that. I cannot do this. Because, what yeah, kind of martial arts do you remember? Was like jujitsu yeah, or it's... MMA or something? Jujitsu? Yeah, it was jujitsu. Jujitsu and MMA. But someday it was like a mix of the whole thing okay, because it was more it. of a cardio class. So, but so, but when he said that, I'm like, uh, I don't trust this guy because I love lifting and I didn't want just to stop lifting because I wanted to give something else a try. So then I heard that there was a CrossFit gym opening here in Nicaragua and a friend of mine said, you know what? I got us that's a awesome. for free. And I go, okay, that's perfect. I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. So I already had a background on powerlifting, not a big power, not a big background because I remember I said a background in Miami, but I'm having a background <laughs> yes. in Miami is way different. Yeah, than Miami is very deep here. in the powerlifting community <laughs> and bodybuilding and all of that. Oh yeah, my god, it's yes, a very deep rooted culture here, yeah. very much. So, what's the name yeah. of that CrossFit gym? So when I come into, cro yeah, okay, got it. And CrossFit it's still, is it still around? Us. 
yeah, it is. And that's actually, we're getting into this oh, more, more because that's how I met oh, Alemán from Andrés Seoul. Alemán. It, you met him, you met <laughs> yeah. him in Nicaragua? And that's how I ended up in Seoul. <laughs> yeah, so when this new CrossFit gym is started, it's like a huge gym. It's, it looks so fancy, has everything. And I just didn't know what to expect. And I get there and I like lifting. I like the bar and I, I had some background. So it's like everybody, this is new. And they were like looking at me and they're like asking me questions. How do you do this? Oh, you're so strong. And I'm getting all these compliments. Mm -hmm. And I said, maybe this is for me. So I remember that when they started and the owner came up to me, he says, I'm bringing my, my, a friend of mine from Miami. So the owner used to live in Miami Which and one? used to have a CrossFit in Miami. Oh, you don't know? And that's What's the owner's name? I have name? no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. No. Oh, I have no idea who Jaime that is. Blandon. Maybe some of the listeners will, but I don't know who yeah. that is. It, it, but that's great. Yeah, so so he brings Andres Aleman to coach coaches here. Because it's like we're none of them are getting the level one right now. They were just getting some cues and instructions from somebody that knew, and that was Andres Aleman. Wow, what a so small world. I that's how no I met idea. Andres Aleman. He that's came so here to cool. Nicaragua. I know. What year was I this? Know. How long ago was it? And we had a competition. Okay, so four years ago. That was ago. on 2015. Got it. Yeah. And and that's how I met Andres. And then I, I, remember, I remember I saw him lift, and I was like, what the hell is this? Like, this tiny guy can do so much. And everybody was so impressed by him. And I, I, I had him on social media, on Instagram, Facebook. And I will always follow him. And I remember I knew where, like, where he was working and all this. So when the crisis started, and I, and I want to go somewhere... And me already, I used to have a Texan boyfriend. I traveled to San Francisco before, to New York, to Canada, even Spain. So I knew how I felt in all those countries. I mean, mm -hmm. in all those different part places. And my last memory was in Texas. In Texas, I never felt like I belonged there. It's so American. At least the city where my ex-boyfriend lived, it was so American. That, that might I be the most like American, I could never fit American in there. place in and America. <laughs> And I've never even been yeah, right? I actually almost went right? to Texas instead of Miami. I almost ended up in Austin instead. I'm kind of glad I came to Miami, though. Hello. Did we lost everything? No, 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 no. We didn't lose everything. Uh, the um, app automatically saves everything. So oh, good. We did not lose the interview. I forgot to mention that in our briefing before <laughs> before the podcast. If we get cut off, we still have what we recorded. So no, okay. we didn't start over. Good. <laughs> so where were we? We were talking about we were this? talking about me deciding Miami, and that was because of me knowing how I felt in Texas how I felt in San Francisco and most of it, how well I felt with one of my mom's closest friend. So when I decided that I was going there, I knew that I was, I was going to be in Miami for about six months and me already knowing how I felt. It's like, um, I needed to be somewhere where I felt safe and where I felt like close to my family, where I felt like I could fit in and, 
before that, like probably February, I believe, in 2008, I went to Miami for like a weekend for a baby shower. And I remember seeing like Nicaraguan places, like Nicaraguan food, and also like just hearing my language. And that was so different from previous experiences with Texas or San Francisco or even New York. And when I made the decision, I say, you know what, if I'm going to be away from my house for the first time for so long, that was long for me at the time, you know, for so long, maybe Miami, it's the choice and tickets were not expensive, as I said. So I said, Miami is the option. So when I made this decision, it was about me trying to make extra money because one of this, this, this friend of my mom's, she owns a meal prep company. So I was able to help her for a while and I was going to get money. But then at the same time, I was thinking, but I cannot leave CrossFit because CrossFit means so much to me. And if you ask me what CrossFit is, CrossFit is my therapy. CrossFit is what got me out of so many depressions of my mental issues of everything. And my way out is CrossFit. That's where when I stay present, that's when I care about what I'm doing there. And it helps me helping people. So it's like, I wanted to keep on doing CrossFit, but if I was on a low budget and if I was there to make money, paying $160 for CrossFit was not an option, right? Right. right. Yeah, so, the price here in Miami. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, um, you know how much we pay here in Nicaragua? How and much? And even they they don't like it, $50 for CrossFit. Wow. And, and I bet that's a lot for them right now, right? With oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Happening. Of course. that. And we used to charge more, but because of the crisis, we went lower. Right. But anyways, um, since I had, I had Andres Aleman on social media, I was thinking, well, I, I always, I know that you, sometimes you, you doubt about asking some stuff, but one person told me once, you always have a no, well, go for the yes. So I was thinking maybe if I ask him, there's a way that he can connect me with somebody and I can do CrossFit for free. I was thinking of just working Hear me? three times a week. Oh, there you are. Yeah. Now you're yeah. back. So you, I lost you at, so maybe if I ask him, what did you say after that? Yeah. Yeah, maybe if I ask him, there's a chance for me to work out for free. And, uh, like, my option was to offer my services as a coach and in exchange to be able to train any day. That was what I was thinking of, right? That's awesome. So I asked him. And he goes like, you know what? We're good with coaches, but I know they're looking for for somebody right now to help, um, like an intern. And I said, well, well that works for me. And I remember um, I went to the, uh, to an interview with Danny, the owner. You know mm-hmm. Danny. Hi, Danny, if you're Hi. listening, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure he listens to this episode. He was actually <laughs> going to be a guest on this. He still will be. Well, of course he has to be a guest. He's right. like so amazing. Our interview like... was the day that um, Hurricane Dorian was supposed to come. <laughs> oh, so, my God. Yeah, we just haven't rescheduled. And I had to reschedule, like, I think, like, five interviews. Um, I really loaded myself up that week because I just started the <laughs> And yeah, everyone had to be rescheduled and that was a kind of a crazy week. So, <laughs> but that's good. You yeah. have your options. Yeah, exactly. I just haven't gotten around to rescheduling him and a couple other people from that time, but he, he'll be on this podcast too. I have a, his whole list of questions already written out. So, um, so when, when did you get interviewed by Danny? Were you here in Miami or did you do it like? Over yes. 
So first over when I was still here in Nicaragua, I sent him an, e an email and he answered right away. And he's like, I'm waiting for you. I cannot wait to interview you. And I remember he sent me a PDF, um, a PDF link and I open it and it says so many rules about the gym. And I go like, oh my God, what is this? Where am I going? And I was so fucking scared. Yeah. Can I start fucking here? <laughs> yeah, you can say whatever you want on this podcast. Hold okay. back. So you were scared when you got that PDF, huh? Yeah, I just read it and it said like, yeah, you have to do this, you have to do that, you cannot do this, you cannot do that. And I was like, oh my God. Because here, I had so much independence. It's like... The, in the gym, I can do whatever I want. Nobody gets in my business or uh, pretty much I make the decisions at this gym because I like it so much that I'm in charge of social media. I'm in charge of a lot of classes and I just like, I like this so much that I never thought that, I, I mean, I have a boss here also, but it's like my, my best friend at the same time. So it's different. So having so many rules and coming into a new country and the language, the language It's like, it, it's so scary for me because it, it had to be really technical, I thought, you know, but then you learn that there's another way to communicate, especially with CrossFit. Right. But the thing is that he's like, yeah, I'm going to interview you. Like I got, I got to Miami on a, on a Wednesday and he interviewed me on a Friday. So I remember I was super nervous and I go and I said, oh, hi, Danny. I have the CrossFit level one trainer certificate. And he goes like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that was my experience of Danny the first time too. He's like, that doesn't matter. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, care I care. I care if people like you. I care if I see you interested here. Right. I care if I see you spending time here. I don't care about your trainee. I don't care if you're a legal, a legal citizen here. I don't care about anything. I care if you fit in. Right. And mm. Honestly, I think that's what has made souls shine so much exactly and like, yeah and it just like you know there's been times when like when I, um I had some medical stuff happen a few years ago and I kind of stepped away from CrossFit and it was kind of emotional for me and yeah. I always felt like you know I was able to go back no matter what and just because I always felt at home there and yeah, you know, those yeah. people shout out to soul I love you guys <laughs> yeah um, I love them too yeah it's like here they make fun of me they call me the soul girl because They, they're jealous because I have another home. <laughs> That's the thing. But I talk so much soul about soul. That yeah. nickname? That's amazing. Yeah, that's my nickname. <laughs> yeah. Because I talk about soul. I wear my soul shirt all the time. Do you wear and the one I that I gave you? Yeah, of course. Amazing. Of course. I wore it yesterday. You did? Which one? That yeah. was the Miami Heat one. The uh, I know. With the Wadapalooza colors, right? Yes. 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 And it smells like Nikki. <laughs> I love it. It's funny. There's been a few times that I've gotten in my closet to look for that shirt. I'm like, where'd it go? I'm like, oh yeah, it's in Nicaragua. It's in Nicaragua. Yeah. <laughs> you were so, yeah, so they, happy. They you were fun so because... bummed. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. That as I said, they every time I'm wearing my shirt, they go, oh, there she comes, the slow girl. But like making fun of me or bullying me, but I don't care because I I can. Everybody saw my change. Before Seoul, before Miami, before the crisis, I was just somebody settled. Mm -hmm. I was just somebody that if I could work out, I would work out. If I want to drink a beer for lunch, I'll drink a beer for lunch and pizza. I don't care because I can do whatever I want. And that's how that I was you before CrossFit. That was me before before CrossFit Seoul. And what, that was who me. are you now Just, after the crisis, after Seoul? Who, like, who is yet? Right now, I believe I'm somebody that's determined. I believe that's 
that I'm somebody that cannot just lay in bed and rest. Uh, I just want to be better. Before I thought, I can't admit that I thought that I was really good at what I was doing, but then I came into Seoul and I found out that I had so much to learn, not just as a coach, as a human being. Mm, at the beginning, I didn't feel like I belonged at Seoul. And I told this to Danny so many times. I felt like people didn't like me. And I, I'm somebody that likes knowing that people like like her, you know? It's like, I'm a people pleaser. I like people smiling back at me. You know what's the first thing that somebody said to me at Seoul? You smile too much. <laughs> Who said that to you? Oscar. Hi, Oscar. I will never forget that. <laughs> which Oscar? There's like three of them. Do you remember which one? The one that's always working out with Ale. Oh, the... Um, from Team Seoul. The, the firefighter. ST. Yes. Yeah, I just yeah. saw him today. Yeah, well, he said that to me. He said, hi, Oscar. <laughs> you know he was and, pulling and, your leg, right? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> and he goes like, um, yeah, you're not from Miami because you smile too much. <laughs> so, and, and then I was like, and then at one point I remember I stopped smiling because it's like I felt like people would not smile there. I felt, but it took me some time, well, a lot of time to understand that everybody was struggling with so much there. Here in Nicaragua, the CrossFit community is not big. So here is more about building it. It's about um, making CrossFit look good because people will just say, oh, you get injured in CrossFit. Don't do CrossFit. Oh, CrossFit is bad for you. So we're trying to build something. So for us to build it, we have to be really nice. I especially love beginners because I want to make them fall in love with what I fell in love with. So I try to make them understand that CrossFit is for everybody, that you can scale it, that you can do this, that you can do that. And that if you keep it up, this is going to last you forever, that this is going to be your family. So that's what I'm trying to do here. And that's what I've been trying to do for years. So then I get into Seoul, which is already a community, which already everybody has, but everybody has something going on. They, they don't care about like you liking them. They care about getting their workout done. Because, and at the moment, I was just meeting TST people, not the actual CrossFit classes. Yeah, and so for, the I just listeners, saw, for the listeners, TST is Team Soul Training. That's the, the yeah. competitors. It, uh, it's like the athletes, what yeah. the athletes do. Like, big athletes that have, like, a primary workout, secondary workout, um, whatever workout. And they have <laughs> just three hours workout of working day. out. <laughs> yeah, and they have to make it. Uh, make it fit into a routine where they coach 5 a.m. classes then they have a personal training just like you and then you have yoga but you also get time to to train but you don't have time to meet people you don't have time to to you do I mean obviously you make it when you need it but people were not there to try to meet me yeah and I like people talking to me and I didn't have that yeah especially definitely that environment in Miami yeah fitness in general you like I have one hour to get my yeah and exactly and I'm gonna make that's the opposite with you and you're gonna teach me and we're gonna be efficient with our time and I gotta be out yeah. the door because I gotta pick up my kids and make dinner and do all this stuff and fight Miami traffic that's very much how the culture is exactly and the traffic oh my god yeah so when i saw that when i heard stories when i saw people like just changing from their firefighter uniforms to their sweatpants and i was just okay these people like are really working hard and jobs over there are really not as they are here as i said we have no rules we here we can call in sick and it's way different than over there over there everything is so like so strict here 
it's different. So I was so used to that. I was just so used to just complaining, being a victim and saying that, oh, my, my, my country is in crisis. Uh, oh, I, I'm, people should feel bad for me. And everybody had a different story. I remember meeting all of you and all of you had a different story. And I remember the ones that touched me. I would never forget, let's say, Laura Gonzi's story about how she left Venezuela and now how she's the best athlete I have ever met. Right. And how hard she works, how she will work at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. and then make some time to eat, but then work out and then fall asleep on a corner at the gym and then work out again. And I always tell people how easy it is to say, oh, I want her body. I want to look that good. But people are not willing to do everything that she does. Right. So what I learned, yeah, what I learned is that you have to work hard. You have to work really, really hard. And it applies for CrossFit. It applies for life. It applies for everything. Just like yesterday, I remember in my class, we were doing a one rep max snatch. That's the CrossFit class here. So people were some bummed out that they didn't make it or they couldn't even meet the the previous uh, rep max. And I was like, okay, when was the last time you actually worked on a snatch drill? Or when was the last time you ever did something for snatch? Be grateful that you can actually lift the bar. But we are not working on snatches weekly. I mean, it's something that we just do for fun on the class. And it's completely different from an athlete workout. So it's like that. If you're not working towards a goal, do not be sad that you're not getting it. You know, and if you're not willing to make all the work or to stop. Like before, I will take, I remember, even two naps during the day. Now it's just like uh, I'm struggling and I, I need to get my TST done. I need to do this. I need to do that. And I'm trying to work all the time because I don't ever want to be that depressed jetty in bed that I was before just feeling sorry for herself because yeah. her country fell in a crisis. And this so, all for you because you came to Seoul. Yeah. Wow. And because Seoul, like yeah. Seoul wasn't my first CrossFit gym. Um, and one of the things I appreciate about Seoul is that energy that um, they have around that. It's very industrious and very focused. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that gym goes like all day, especially in the office. So can you yeah. speak a little bit to um, like, what were some of the roles that Danny gave you when you came here to work at Seoul? What were you doing? Um, I was an intern. That was my job position. I was even cleaning rollers. I was. I remember my first job was to just put a a portrait, something, a picture of the the team that went to the games. I had to put it in the wall. And at that time, I don't even know how to touch a nail and a hammer. I'm not even kidding. Really? And I remember he goes like, "Yeah." He was like, "Figure it out." And I remember I went to the bathroom and I YouTube it. Like, I didn't know, like, he gave me this weird things that I never saw here in Nicaragua. I mean, of course, I know a nail and a hammer, but they were, they look different or whatever he gave me. <laughs> and I went to the bathroom and I YouTube it. And then you guys have this, um, this hole, you know, the hole where everything looks so bad and everything is not organized. Everything yeah. that you guys don't use goes there. And yes. it goes like, okay make it look good and I was like how the fuck I'm gonna do this and <laughs> you, you organized the back hallway the first you're the yeah. first person yeah the back hallway. I was the girl there I was yeah. that I was that one yeah I think it and, still looks pretty good you made a good impact on that back storage hallway oh, you thank you. It up thank all right you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because well 
as I said, what I thought, it's like, um, yeah, I'm going to coach because I'm a good coach. But then I come to Seoul and I see all of these coaches that are amazing. I remember you were the one of the first I met and I'm like, she's so fit. And then the way you, you coach the running class and I'm like, I don't do any of this. I know nothing about this. And it was just, it made me come down to it at the same time. So there was a part of me that was the big thing. As I said, the frustrated girl that just thought that everything was bad in her life because her country went to crisis and she couldn't lie. She couldn't have the life that she was building, the perfect life that she could go to the beach and have beer every weekend. <laughs> and then I thought I was just a good coach. I was this, I was that, but I, I didn't know the reality. As, as I said, we have a reality here than you guys, but also in the gym, like over there, I met what a real coach looked like and how you also need, need to be an example. You lead by example. You, you don't just drink beer whenever you want to. Mm -hmm. And something that I always like to tell people is I, I'm not going to say don't ever drink alcohol because I don't believe in that. I mean, if you like alcohol, just make it fit into one day a month, one day a week. Right. But don't do it every day. Right. And here it's like we're really famous for being drunks. Nicaraguans is like we everybody's drunk here. Oh, I didn't know that. So, <laughs> yeah, well, now you know. <laughs> and Seoul's an interesting community for you to fall into because yeah. I feel like we happen to be like the one CrossFit gym in Miami that isn't really big on drinking when a lot of CrossFit yeah. kind of are. They have get-togethers on the weekend, and there's a lot. You want to know a funny story? Mm -hmm. Okay, this is my first. So I get there on a Friday, and on a Saturday, you guys had um, as a getaway to the beach to get some money for the team that was going to the games at the time. Yep. So I remember Danny goes like, you should come. And I said, oh, I don't have a ride, whatever. I found a ride, and I go there, and I'm about – I'm so, so excited because it's my first time at the beach. I mean, first, it's Miami Beach. Second, it's I have been in my house for over four months because of the crisis in Nicaragua. I wasn't going out at all. So it was a big deal for me to just be able to go to the beach. And I remember all I wanted was a cold beer. And I get to the beach and everybody from Seoul is there. I don't know anybody at the time. But I see everybody with a can, a red and black can. And I think, hmm, these people might have like, could that be a margarita on a can? Could that be? I don't know what it is. And I just saw everybody drinking it. And I had no idea because I never heard of the brand. We don't we don't get things like that. I mean, we, we have Coca-Cola. We have all these things. But we don't have actually amino acids on a can or energy. energy is that what it like was? That. Was it an energy drink? It, it was Bang. It, it was, was Bang. bang. <laughs> everybody was drinking Bang. Everybody was drinking Bang. And I was like, okay, everybody's having like a margarita or a cocktail on a can. Definitely well, no. Bang. <laughs> Yeah, and I remember I was so disappointed, and I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? These people <laughs> don't drink at all. And I'm just so blessed to have been able to fit in there because it took me all of that struggle. I remember I even cried some nights after coming coming back from Seoul because I was like, I will never fit in here. This is not me. Wow. I believe you saw me my last day. I cried like crazy because I was ending the, that part of my life and not ending it like because I still have communication with all of you and I still follow every every step that you guys take because you guys made an impact on me. But I it was just a big change because I wanted just to 
no, I don't want to say fit in. I wanted to be as good as all of you. I wanted to be known and respected as I saw all of the coaches. Like in the meetings, the way I remember the first thing I came here to do, it's I, I made a meeting just like the ones Danny makes every Wednesday. And I said, you know why we're not the best gym in Nicaragua? Because we don't meet. We don't talk about what's happening. We don't, we don't express what's wrong. It's like here, it's common that if I program, let's say I made the CrossFit program for the, for the gym here. So the other coach is going to be like, oh, it sucks because she's making it. He cannot come to me and be like, we should change this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a lot about jealousy. It's a lot about owning what you do and not giving other people that was credit. Kind of but in some fact, other CrossFit gyms I had worked at, too. There was like jealousy was a factor. We, we also did meetings. No. And I think in a CrossFit gym, um, we're programming changes yeah. every week. Um, and you have like, you're moving weight, external weight outside of your body. Like, and I'm saying this in the, the sense of a distinction yeah. between like a CrossFit gym and a yoga studio, a yoga studio, have a meeting mm -hmm. once a year, have get togethers yeah. outside of the studio to keep up the, the camaraderie, but a CrossFit gym is so different. And that's one thing that I love about Seoul yeah. is like, first of all, I feel like we're all friends and we all have backs there. Yeah. And Um, and it took yeah. us a while to get there, actually. We didn't weren't always that way. Um, but the group that's there now is so yeah. solid. And um, yeah, I think those meetings, like, even though I barely coach, I'm literally still on as a, as a sub because we're not bringing back the track days. Sorry, anyone. Yeah. <laughs> we're not bringing it back like how it used to be. Um, you know, I use your warm up. You do? Now. You know that they're on YouTube? Yeah. Yeah, you should all the I didn't know, but what I remember, I I, I use yeah, what I remember. Amazing. I can email you stuff too if you want. Awesome. Okay. So, but sure. I think that is one of the things that makes soul so um just so impactful, I think is the best word to use because they're so willing to you yeah. know have those meetings every week and show up and be present and change things after yeah. long. And I think that even though you have so much going on, it's like I told people here because they're like, oh, I'm busy. I'm busy or whatever. And everybody has something to do. Or there was a coach that said once, it's like, I'm not even gay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not even getting paid for coming here for a meeting. And if you say that, you're not seeing what's coming or what, what can come in the future after this meeting. So I remember I said, the owner of this gym, talking about Danny, because I would never forget that. He has so much going on. At the time, he was um, just starting with the Woodapalooza thing. And I remember... He had so much going on, but he will make a time for this meeting. And I would never forget that once he goes like, what's happening with the programming? I saw that Barbie stay longer for squats. Does that mean that she's not getting what she wants out of her yeah. program? That means that the owner cares. And here it was so different. It's like if somebody complains about the workout, they're like, deal with it. I you know, that that's you CrossFit. Picked up on that. And that's not the I answer. love that you picked up on that from Danny because – Part of the reason I like I I've been told by Danny I don't have to be coming to the meetings anymore, um, especially when the when yeah. the studio closed almost a year ago, and he told him right away I'm yeah. gonna, I'm opening my own and he goes you don't have to be coming to the meetings anymore you don't have to um you don't have to be even like uh, subbing here anymore and I told him no I want to I want to be I want to be involved until my studio opens until I absolutely can't be here anymore. And part of the reason, and I don't know if you know, Danny's not part of the meetings anymore because he took on a position with Loud and Live, um, the company puts on Wadapalooza. Yeah. But 
I remember at the last location we were at, he said something in that meeting that actually changed the direction of my life. And it's actually something I want to tell him when I have him on my podcast. Um, And he like, just in one of like, I call them his Danny moments. Um, And he just gets really (laughs) passionate and just says what's on his mind. I forget to which coach it was. Someone was trying to start some sort of program or something. And, um, he was sitting in one of those chairs that like swivels and reclines back and he like leaned back in this chair and like shouted to the ceiling. If you want to do something, just fucking do it. And like, (laughs) and I'm like, you know what? He's so freaking right. Like if you want to do something, just do it. And I had already like my company had already been around. It was really much smaller back then. And um, I'm like, you know what? He's absolutely right. And I remember just that week I made certain decisions for Red Cheetah Yoga, which at the time, I don't know if it had even had the name change yet um, because it used to be called Yoga RX because we just catered to back then. Um, And it was a terrible name. I'm glad we changed it. But um, (laughs) yeah, it was really. Yeah, on the logo right now. What's that? I love the logo. Oh, the lo- actually, the name came from the logo because I hired friends to make oh. the logo and they knew I just needed a logo. We're talking 10 years ago now. Um, they knew I needed wow. a logo that combined um, sp- like sports and athletics with yoga and they knew about my background in sprinting and they knew I loved cheetahs and they loved cats. So they actually made it for me. I paid for the <laughs> logo, but it's not what I asked for technically. Um but mm-hmm. they, it was a very inspired logo. They made the the typical logos with like, you know, they made an outline of a person meditating with a jump rope, like, you know, stuff like that. But yeah. Um, yeah, like when I realized we couldn't trademark the name Yoga RX because that's the name of a studio in Texas um, that the old okay. people. Um, yeah, I just wanted something unique and different that um, allowed my company to branch out to more than just CrossFit, and it's turning out to have worked very well. So, um, yeah, I really hear what you're saying about how impactful the meetings are at Seoul. Yeah, and to me, they were, like, overwhelming in the way that I felt like my opinion didn't matter, but he always made it seem like my opinion yeah. mattered. He always cared about what I had to say, and even like now I will text him and I will be like, you changed my life. And he did. So I believe that even though this crisis made me fall into a really hard depression, because I was really, really, really depressed. And then when I left the country, I felt like I was never coming back. I felt like I was never going to see my family again. I felt like I was in a, in a hole. I found how hope and light at wow. soul. And I found it because there was people were struggling with, harder things than I was and they were making it work Mm -hmm. and there was always a way to be a better coach to be a better leader to be a better owner and all of all of you guys made me made me feel that way you know and you can be a victim and say yeah I'm not good enough and I will never be good enough or you can try to step up and be like the people who inspire you so you can come back and spread some of that here so that's why I believe there's always a reason for whatever happens. And even though so many people have to die here, so many nights I cried about what's happening here. Today, I am a better person because even though things are still bad, 
I'm still working towards a goal that is just to be active, to be motivating people, to keep on working hard and to be the best coach that I can be. And I have my bad days. I have the days that I don't want to work out. I have the days that I don't want to coach. But I, I, it makes me think of each one of you and like, or just remembering how you have all your gym and your car because you have to go from here to there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, if she's doing that, I can do that too. It's so easy to find an excuse to not do what you want to do and to say, oh, the world is against me because I just don't have the ways. But you can always make it because if you're healthy, if you have your feet and you have both legs, you can move yeah, you're and you can start doing it. I mean, look at Wadapalooza. It has an adaptive category. There's no excuse. I know. No I know. Missing limbs work out anyway, right? That's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So, um, like you have been coaching CrossFit for how long? For five years? So I, well, that's another story and I'll make it really quick. because I know I already talked a lot, <laughs> but when I got fired from my last job, What's that? from my last job, it wasn't when I got fired from my last mm -hmm. job that it was in an office. I was working at a university. I was a counselor at one point of my life. I even, I, I've been everything in this world, but at this point I'm like, okay, if I want to be a coach, if I want to keep on doing this CrossFit thing, And at the time, I had a really good CrossFit trainer in this Las Colinas CrossFit that I told you about. He was an American that he moved to Nicaragua, and he was around 46 years old. He was vegan. He was into so many things that he would talk, and you would just listen to really good. He has good information about everything. I remember learning so much from him, and I thought, I want to be like this guy. So I remember when I got fired, I said, maybe this is my chance to start working towards that goal, yeah. to just stop being miserable about what the world is waiting for me. Like here, it's like you have you when you in high school, you have to go to college, then college, you find a job, you get married, you have kids and then you die. But I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be just a, a follower of what everybody's doing. So I remember maybe this is life telling me to just do what I'm passionate about. So I remember asking him and he goes like, Yeti, you have, you have something in you because you like to help people. So I can help you with the exam. We're going to study together. So he's telling me this on a Monday on Wednesday, my actual boss calls me and he goes like, Yeti, I need a girl right now because uh, on 10 AM and 11 AM, I have a lot of moms and, They're not okay with a guy coaching them. And I need a woman. Are you available? And I go like, dude, uh, this is in, a, in the crosser that I'm yeah. at right now. And I go like, dude, I have never coached before. I have no experience. And he goes like, you'll learn fast. Just come here and we'll give it a try. And that's how he started. And to me, that was, I believe in God. I believe in, he has a plan for all of us. And I believe he planned this yeah. for me. So I got a call like two days right after just deciding I was going to be a coach, even though I fell. And I felt like it happened because I was never going to make a decision and say, okay, I can coach now because I would have never felt ready. But this guy, for some reason, believed in me and he gave me this job. And a month later, he goes like, uh, I pay for your certification. You're going to certify it. And I was so scared. And I was, and I can say that I was the first woman in Nicaragua who got certified in CrossFit. Really? And it was, yeah, really, incredible. and it was, 
yeah, it was the biggest deal for me. I remember I cried so bad when I got that email <laughs> because I thought I was not going to pass the exam. The fucking exam is so scary. <laughs> it is. It, the CrossFit exam yeah. is scary. I did. I've taken that exam twice. I took it yeah. the first time right out of college, right after I finished my physiology degree. And I actually thought it was hard because the language, they, the how, like how they yeah. explain things was so different than what I like, how I learned that information in college. And then I just took it again. And, um, cause I let my L1 expire and, um, yeah. then I went and did it again at Seoul. Was it earlier this year? No, it was late last year. I think it was a little over a year ago. And, um, yeah. yeah, I would, took the test and I did it super slow, read everything very carefully, went back, checked my answers. I had skipped a couple, went back and answered them. And I'm like, oh man, I bet that took the whole hour. And I looked up and checked the clock. And it... <laughs> wow. And I was like, well, okay. That gives me hope because if everything turns okay for me, I'm going to take my level two really soon. Yeah. And I'm really oh, excited you. about it. Yes. How is that one done? How so, that one, what is the structure of the level two? I don't remember. I haven't done it yet. No, I, I haven't. I haven't started because I haven't paid for it. I'm just looking for one close to me. Okay. I don't want to pay for for one really far so I don't have to pay for no. a ticket or anything. I'm, I'm looking for one in Costa Rica. Is that one? But one I, that where it's all demo or is that the computer one? How how No, no, you have to go. You have to be present okay. there for a weekend. Is is that the is yeah, that the certification or the certificate I think is the proper terminology. Is that the certificate where you the um like the facilitator gives you move, movements to teach and you have to yeah it? yeah you have to actually coach your class through them oh got it oh that's really great you'll kill it and I said I I already survived Danny so I think I'll be fine I actually <laughs> I okay I haven't done my level two I don't I don't with the studio opening I don't know if I will um but I think that. Just even spending the little bit of time you have at Seoul and under the very scrutinizing eye that is always present there from you know, oh, yeah. all of us as a staff. It's not even just Danny, you know, um, yeah. all of us as a staff. Um, yeah, I think you'll do great <laughs> having that. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. As, yeah, because one of my friends here took it and he goes like, yeah, it's so hard and blah, blah, blah. They make you coach a class. And I said, Dude, I coach a class in front of Danny. He took my class and he said my warm-up sucked. I would not forget that ever. <laughs> so my warm-ups cannot suck ever again. So Okay, can you speak to that a little bit? Like, do you remember what the workout was? Do you remember what warm-up you taught? Like, what? I remember there was going to be weighted strict pull-ups. Okay. So here, there's a famous thing that we do, um, the Tabata yes. for warm-ups. So we use the song and blah, blah, blah. And it's famous that we do that here. Or at least that's what I learned. Famous right? so, famous in your gym. Yeah, in Nicaragua. Okay. In Nicaragua. Yeah, we, we use the song a lot for warm-ups. So I remember that day, I, I looked for it and I said, okay, I'm going to use my song. And everybody in the class, I remember there was Billy. There was there was a lot of people and they were like, oh, we like the song. That's funny. Blah, blah. Because <laughs> I, 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 I made it with a Rocky soundtrack. So it was Rocky soundtrack, but it was Tabata. So there was a strict pull-up, but I never activated the muscles. I just made them hang. I made them hang, and I made them maybe, I think, warm up with dumbbells, but something really, really bad. And in the end, Danny was like, okay, you have a good connection with people, but that I already knew. 
but your warm up sucked. And I was like, oh, okay. You know what? <laughs> he was so real. He listened to, I want to say it's Ben Bergeron's podcast. Um, I just started listening to it a few weeks ago because um, Jessica Bergman, who owns Downtown Strength and Conditioning, which is an affiliate, and also um, Noah Olson's dad, Bill Olson. I just yeah. interviewed him on this podcast too, and they both brought up Ben Bergeron's podcast. Like, okay, two people are suggesting it, so I should start listening to it. And that's actually one thing that yeah. he um, identified as a great potential coach is, like, have people mm. skills first. We can teach you all everything else. You know, like, you yeah. can learn the rest. Um, but if, yeah. if people are able to connect with you, like, that's actually a bigger thing because it's hard to teach people, to connect with people. Yeah, yeah. That's not – like, I – And also for your business, it's so important to make a connection – because at least here, uh-huh. people are so afraid of CrossFit. People just see CrossFit as lifting weights and getting injured. That's that's how famous CrossFit is here. Right. Like bad, you know? So I'm trying to make a change and tell people it's not like that. And in, when you see somebody overweight, they are so scared to make a fool of themselves in a first class. Right. So I like to make them feel welcome. And I like to tell them that we're going to bury the movements for their that I'm going to teach them. But that's, that's what you get when you are able to communicate and to lose that being afraid, you know, to just being able to communicate and tell this is what you're going to do. And if you're not going to be do like trainers are seen as somebody that will yell at you. They'll be like, do this, do that. But CrossFit for me, is not like that. It's about making you get into fitness, making you like to work out. And that's what I'm trying to promote. So That's why I think uh, I have good, well, in general, I have good communication because I like to talk as you guys can hear, (laughs) but, but, (laughs) I think I said that like two minutes ago. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I I just, I I love it. What's that? And if you can make a difference with, I, I just love it, as I said, and if you can make a difference with what you went through, I like to tell people that being in a bad situation right now it's not the end of everything because sometimes I fail like that some my depressions have been so hard I have been so hard on myself Mm -hmm. that at one point you think you're gonna die out of depression and I believe you can die out of depression but it's not the case if you can find other things that you like and as I always tell people it doesn't have to be CrossFit CrossFit was my way out CrossFit was for me but for you, it can be to paint, it can be to sing, it can be to do whatever other thing. But just don't stay home and hide from everybody because you're depressed. Yeah, try to find something to distract you. Depression. Yeah, and that's actually one of the. That's kind of why I wanted to have you on this podcast too. Is is about the mental health aspect that is CrossFit, yeah. um, and it's especially with it being an affiliate pro type program and business model. That's also the type of yoga studio I'm opening the um, Baptiste yoga studios isn't the same type of affiliate model as CrossFit and what and with I don't know if you know if you're up to date with everything I'm doing with Red Cheetah Yoga but I'm starting a program called um, the Cheetah Coalition Project and um, wow and we're what what its intention is is to heal and cure PTSD in our veterans and one of the things that's been found to help people recover from things like depression and trauma is community yeah like one of the big people love being a part of something yes 
And I feel like CrossFit and Baptiste Yoga, like they both, they share that aspect. Yeah. So can you speak to that a little bit more? Like, you know, cause we get that, you know, you were, you were really down on yourself and you didn't want to leave, yeah. um, you know, your bed and you're feeling very depressed and you didn't want to, you know, get out of bed. What was it about CrossFit that made you keep going back and got you out of it? It made me feel like I was a part of something. I remember like, it's famous now that when you are in, in a new group, if they like you, they're going to add you on a WhatsApp group. At least that's how it is here. It's like <laughs> now I have now because I'm part of the gym 24 seven. It's like I have a 5 a.m. group. I have a 6 a.m. group and I have the 7 p.m. group. So it's like I felt part of something. And then I felt like people will care if I didn't show up. People will be texting me. They were going to be like, why are you not here? So they were pushing me to be better. And I wanted so I could so and then when I'm in CrossFit, when I'm doing a workout, when I'm lifting weights, I just think about that moment. I'm present, and that's something that I hardly do. I'm so hard on myself that I'm always thinking ahead. I'm always mm -hmm. thinking that things are gonna go wrong, or that my decisions are gonna be bad. And I'm always thinking like this. And so that's something that I cannot help. So when I'm doing CrossFit, right. I'm away from that. I'm disconnected from that bad Yeti. I call it bad Yeti. So I'm I'm away from her. Yeah. And I make her shut up. And that's also like sometimes I try to do yoga or it, it may be with, with just a song or maybe with a class on YouTube. I hardly go to classes here, but there are really good classes. But that's something mm -hmm. I learned from yoga and CrossFit. And it's about being present just to listen to your heartbeat. And or maybe when you're driving, looking at the trees on the street, looking at you're thinking, I want to get there so fast. But you don't think about what you're like the streets that you're passing. And here in every street, you get a, a poor kid asking for food. You have every street in every stoplight. Sometimes we are so into ourselves that we're just thinking about, oh, I need, I'm late for work. Oh, I need to do this at 3 p.m. I have this, blah, blah, blah. And this kid is just there waiting for some money to eat. And you don't see it because you're so into you. So CrossFit, yoga made me be, maybe just stop the bad yeti. Maybe think about deeper things. Maybe focus on my breathing and also running. I hated running. And then I met you and now I <laughs> but it's oh, all these things about being... there, you cut out. Can you can you pause for one second? You said and then I met you and then we lost yeah. you. I said and then I met you and well, now yeah, I even I'm like so happy to hear that. everything <laughs> <laughs> So they just need to be taught. There's all a lot of things in CrossFit that I thought Exactly. There's a lot of things yeah. that you can be good at. I mean, obviously, if you are a negative person and we all get one of these in our classes or or we can be like that, I can be like, oh, I'm so bad at everything. But you can also see that maybe you started jumping the 20 inches box, but now you're right. jumping the 24 one because and that's progress. So I started seeing that as a coach. I started seeing how people would be like, Getty, I lifted five pounds more than last time. And that's a celebration for them. And it's a celebration for me because that means right. I'm doing something right too. So in the end, it gives me something in return. It gives me, it makes me feel like I'm doing something for people. And I know I'm making, I'm helping them 
and have a better day because of me and because of the class. So that's how, actually how important my mood is. And I'm really, I'm really, I express myself all the time. And if I'm in a bad mood, people know. And they'll be like, okay, Yeti, you need your coffee. Okay, you need to calm down because now they know me. But it took me some time to understand that my energy is going to be their energy. So right. I have to have good energy. And when I don't have it, I even tell them like, sorry guys, but today's not a good day for me, but we're going to go, we're going to try to make it work. But it always takes some time to understand all of this and to accept yourself as, and I, I even told this yesterday to my brother, I'm a depressed person and people don't see that in me. Everybody thinks I'm happy all the time, but I'm not, I'm always really hard. And so that's, that's why I found this in fitness in general just being able to progress by five pounds, by being faster, you know, my running now that I didn't do that before. And by working out towards a goal gives you so much back and you just feel better about yourself and you also end yep. up looking better. So it's always a win-win situation. Yeah, you look better, you feel better, right? And, and when you feel better, you yeah, look better. of course. So it really... Yeah, it's always really... like that. So let me ask you, Yeti, um... You know, if with all the yeah. the political crises that were that, is it still going on in Nicaragua or has it calmed down? It's still going on. Yeah, it has calmed down, as I said, in the way that we are not protesting as we were before. But I believe it's yeah. because we're scared. We're also tired. We're really, really tired. Everybody's so tired, and everybody every day here you hear something different mm -hmm. in the news, and but. Right now, it, it kind of exploded again. Last thing that happened is that um, some of some people are in jail because they were caught protesting, mm -hmm. right? With no proof, just because police here can do whatever they want. So they're in jail. So their moms made a protest just going to into a church and saying, we're not eating, mm -hmm. right? That's their protest. So the government closed the church. And now these people are locked down there and the police is guarding the church for them not, not, not to be able to get out. And they don't have happening food, right they now. don't have water. So it's just, this is wow. happening. Like when did right the now. church get shut down and locked up? That was last Thursday. It's, so so those people now are that in the church, like there. no food and water. Yeah. Oh my God. Exactly. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah. It's something that I, I'm telling you this. And it breaks my heart. And it's like, I could say it's so unfair that I have this life that I'm able to be on a phone call with you, that I'm able to drink my water and then I'm able to do this. And while these people are trying just to be free for something and it's horrible, it's a horrible feeling, but you have to just, what I'm trying to do is try to go with what I have and what I can do from my side, never putting my life in danger again or my family's in danger. So right now, that's what's hap that's what happening right now. There's always some stuff happening here, but the government is just trying to make it seem like we're good because we lost so many tourists. Like, planes used to come here full of Americans, ready to surf, ready to hike a volcano. Now is, it's not like Is that it anymore. safe to go so there? Like, if I came to visit you? Yeah. It okay. is safe. I mean, officially, it is safe. Because as I said, you're not into it. I'm, I'm not protesting anymore. I'm not. They're not going to do anything to me or to you. But there are some people that I can still come visit you and do CrossFit at your gym. And you're one of the owners yes, of your of gym, course. right? 10%? 10%. And how, 
it's, Are there? it's little, but it happened because they saw me so involved uh-huh. in it. And at the, I, when I started, I, I said, okay, you know what? I need a raise because um, I'm doing social media. I'm promoting the gym somewhere else. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And they go like, why don't you get a part of it? The thing is that because of the crisis, we're not getting money back, you know? We're just being able to pay right now for the the staff and we're able to pay. We're paying rent at the place we're at. So we pay rent and we pay for the the space that you have. How many square feet? It's huge. It's like twice Crescent Soul. So I think Crescent Soul is is that the whole gym. I want to, is it 5,000 square feet Crescent Soul? I don't know. I, I have no uh, idea. If anyone from Seoul listens to this, like, because I know I am <laughs> no judge. It's just footage. really I big. way I... overshot that. And I have no. <laughs> 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 well, maybe this is a way that we're promoting CrossFit. So now people are going to go and look for pictures and they're going to be like, oh, my God. I have no, has idea. no idea. What I 50... <laughs> couldn't even begin to guess. Like, I don't even I'm sitting in my. Yeah, oh. me, me neither. But we. we... We are really big. Like we fit in thirty-three oh, people in a class, and next to it we have another tiny room that we use for this called this class called functional training. That is just like boot camp or mm-hmm. like soul sweat, let's say. So, let's say at six p.m. we're gonna have a lot of people. The gym gets packed, and so with people we're doing good. It also took me some time to understand that people use CrossFit and fitness for mental health. I didn't know this one yeah. year ago and I'm serious about it. Even though I knew mm-hmm. it helped me, I was so overwhelmed with the situation that I was just thinking, how can people come and CrossFit while there are students locked down in a university protesting, right. you know? And I was just, this, I it just couldn't understand it. And it took me, and then one guy I remember said, Hey, we are, we all are so sick of just staying in our houses, doing nothing that, we need our mental health too, and yeah, this helps us. Dude. And that's how I understand. Yeah, and that's how we, how I understood that my job was so important, and that I could not transfer my frustration with them. And I used to do that when I was frustrated when it all started. I was just like, I didn't know. I remember I didn't play music at the gym. I had a rule: I would not play music because somebody died oh, the day really? before. Somebody was shot. Uh- yeah, I had a, that rule. I was that crazy. And I mean, it I had my kind of beautiful in a way, like, to kind of someone. Yeah. Do you still know? And no, because right now, well, we're back at, let's say we're trying to keep it normal in the gym because we don't want to right. lose clients again. And we're trying to make it seem like it's a fun place to be at. But when, like, every day you will, like, there was a 14 year old shot by the police here. It was a big, big deal. And they're and like, and so I remember when that happened, it's like, I couldn't play music. I, mm-hmm. I just couldn't. And people were going to be like, yeah, you're going to play music. And I was like, no, because somebody died. But at the same time in that class, I could have somebody that was with the government, you know? So it was just so many things happening that it took me to go to Miami and I had to go through that. And I had to not belong in Seoul at one point until I belong into Seoul to understand that my energy my frustration cannot be somebody right. else's and that my hour is so important because people are looking for that and people are coming to my class because they need it. So I needed 
to give them something in return, not to just frustrate them too. They didn't need to listen to my issues. Maybe a friend of mine would, yeah. but not them. Because they were looking for that mental health. And that's happy a source hour, of healing you know? for you too. To, like, no matter what's going on in the background of your life, to have to show up for the people who are showing up for us. And they're really showing yeah. up for you. Yeah. At one point in my depression, as I said, I would not want it to do it. I will find any excuse to not go to coach. And I will say like, yeah, we're, we're, in, we're in a crisis. I can go. Right. That was my excuse. It's easy to make those excuses and not show up. And it can be easy yeah. to do that. Yeah. That's amazing. And now I'm telling you, like, I'm coaching five classes a day and it's hard and I'm tired. And I even said, you know what? It's not even good because at one point my fifth class cannot be as good mm -hmm. as the first one. But people also know now and right now we're low on staff. But I'm trying to make every hour and a, and a lot of coffee is helping. <laughs> but um, I'm making every hour count. And, and I'm, uh, I know that this is my, yeah. my job, you know, it's my job and I have to keep it. And I have right. to take care and people of are it. still showing up. But and they're showing yeah people are still showing up because that, something yeah. i'm doing something good they're showing I, up for you and they're showing up for themselves which is like the most powerful thing to show up for so yeah. let me a couple so of rapid I, fire questions because yeah. um, we're about to wrap up mm -hmm. um what does coaching yeah. mean to you coaching means helping people coaching means being an influence on somebody of your previous experiences not not about being perfect it's about you with your mistakes and with everything that you did bad or right sharing that with them and make them not fall into whatever you did wrong at once that's amazing so coaching it kind of um plays into my next question because this is kind of the definition you just gave Kind of sounds like it could be a definition for this mm. next word that I'm going to ask you about. Um, what does transformation mean to you? Transformation will be accepting who you were. Who, who you are. In, accept, yeah. Who you are, yeah, who you are. And knowing that it's okay if things are not the way you're going to be. It's about, let's say, you're... You're mm -hmm. mature. You you transform yourself in a way that I I wanted to be this five years ago. As I said, I wanted I saw myself somewhere else. I would have been married. I would have kids right now. But transformation means that you take what you have and you make it good. You make it work. You make it into a new dream. And that doesn't mean you're doing something bad. It means that you're transforming your dreams into what you get into the opportunities you're getting all the opportunities and you just don't get overwhelmed and you're like okay i'm not gonna do anything because i didn't get the car i wanted the husband i wanted i broke up with my boyfriend and i'm not getting married it's about making a living of what right. you have Ugh, i love that so being really present right <laughs> yeah really so yeah, exactly. great who inspires you This is going to sound cliche, but it is true. And that will be my mother. And my mom is just somebody, since I'm little, every time I have always been this sentimental that I will cry for everything. I will feel everybody's pain. I feel like everybody's pain is in me for to, to handle. And I take other people's problems 
So whenever I'm sad and I'm just complaining about life, I will listen to my mom and she will just remind me of everything she went through. And I'm talking to, like my mom went through everything. Like when I when I talk to her, I tell her like your life was a Mexican bad soap opera, like everything that's wow. bad happened to you. And there she is, is smiling every day. And she's right now she's 67 and she's still working because she loves her job. She's full of life and like she lost a, a baby. Like when she was given birth to oh, a baby, wow. she lost. Oh, it. that's so tragic. And the doctor pretty much killed it. And right now, even when she tells the story, she cries, but she's still there. You know, she has so many things that sometimes it makes my issues look like they're nothing. And it took me some time there to understand that it's not my fault that my issues are different because I'm living something different than she is. But to see what she went through and that she still smiles and that she still lives and she still enjoys every day makes me feel like I cannot complain and just, I have to be grateful of what I have because I have so much more than what she did and I can be so much better. And I just want to be the That's happy amazing. person that she is. Amazing. Anything else that um, you want to share? I would say five years from now is way far. So stop thinking about that. Stop thinking about the million dollars that you want to have in the bank. Stop thinking about the new car. You're not going to be happy whenever you buy the car, whenever you buy the house, whenever you get the boyfriend. You have the chance to be happy today because you have the chance to talk to a fairy <laughs> and enjoy the talk. You have the chance to breathe, to eat, Be grateful for today because anything can happen in that, in one day. I had a country that went into a deep hole and changed my whole life. I also had, well, we didn't even talk about it, but I had a car accident six months ago. I have no car now and I'm alive and everything just changed for me one day also. So it's going to change for you in any way. It can be you getting pregnant. It can be you getting fired. But it's up to you to make it a good thing and to enjoy it and be present because you don't know what tomorrow brings. You don't know if tomorrow is going to be bad. You don't know if tomorrow is going to be good. So might as well just make it good That today. was probably the most beautiful final share I've out of any guest I've ever had on this show. That was amazing, oh, Yeti. Thank, thank you. you so much. And my takeaway... Thank you. And I'm sorry for to all the listeners for all the things that I, I mean, I, I know we had like a plan and we actually, this everywhere. is the most on point But... any like interview has ever gone. Most of my interviews go way out to left field. So this was awesome. And I know that like, you're really passionate about what's occurring in Nicaragua and like, and I, yeah. if I hadn't met you, I don't think I would have even really paid attention because I didn't really know that many people that connected yeah. and like, You came here because of the crisis down there, and and, and you understood yeah. that you had to go back. Some, a lot of a lot mm -hmm. a lot of my friends just went there and asked for, for what was the word when they asked for permission to stay in the country because they're asylum in their own country. Asylum, yeah, they asked for there. asylum. Yeah, a lot of my friends did that. A lot of my friends wow. are there because of that, and a lot of my friends are there right now. And you're thinking. I, I thought to myself, I don't want to do that because I want to, to actually be able to come to my country and I want to be with my family. But then you realize 
you when you meet people that are going through these things, you know that there's a lot more. And also, even if it sounds bad, you can be more grateful of what you have because you're not going mm -hmm. through this. And do not complain about something dumb like uh, your your phone not charging or you losing your charger because there are so many bad things happening in the world that it's right. so much bigger than you. So just be grateful to Amazing. have. Well, Yeti, have. I'm committing to being down there to visit you because I want to see Nicaragua. <laughs> and I heard that you yes. have a bioluminescent yes, lake down there somewhere. And I want to see it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can you yes. swim in it? I want to swim in no the bioluminescent lake super cheap. in Nicaragua and then do some <laughs> CrossFit and some yoga in a jungle. So happen yes <laughs> yeti thank you so Great. much Please how can do. people um reach you if they want to um connect with you well i would say instagram i love instagram now that's just my that's like my social media it helped me also with all the good quotes every day or with following <laughs> barry and you're like inspired by her or anybody from soul just somebody i think At least for me, Instagram is something that helps me get out of bed whenever I don't want to because I see somebody already working out. And I like, love okay, hearing that. that. And I'm going to tell so, you why because Instagram is getting such a bad rap right now. And like, you know, I don't know if this has occurred for you, but like here, Instagram is taking the likes away. Um, so you can't see how many likes there yeah. are because people are yeah. getting so attached to that number. And like a lot of people are making it so like negative. And which I get. I get that there's an addictive aspect to it. However... I also think it's such a yeah. great platform to connect with others. And even Deepak, Deepak Chopra says it is. it's an extension of our ability to communicate. And you can use Instagram for really great things or really not so great things, like with anything. So Exactly. That is up to you just like life. We have all the options. So that's why I tell people, if you're going to follow um, the the Kardashians sorry for the Kardashians <laughs> if they're listening they're definitely not listening the to this podcast the sad. Kardashians do not listen to the Red Chili <laughs> podcast gonna, if, you're, <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're gonna be sad because they're traveling and they're looking flawless then that's on you but I decide to look at real people I decide to look at people that inspire me not that make me look bad because oh I, I don't have the last makeup or mm -hmm. the last whatever we all have the option to decide what we get into into ourselves and that's also our social media so that's why i like instagram so much because i decide who i follow and who i Great. don't follow yeah and, so what is your instagram so, yeah, if yeah what is your instagram handle yeah uh, that will be my name which is kind of weird think of yeti like the cooler that's how i introduce myself <laughs> sparkles with, with a double t y-e-t-t-i-e And my last name, Osorio, O-S-O-R. Awesome. And I'll definitely be adding that in the show notes. What is, does your gym have an Instagram also? Yeah, it's called You Training and Fitness Center. We are not affiliated. Sorry, we're not playing CrossFit. We're not able to. But it's the most amazing gym mm -hmm. in Nicaragua. So if you, any of you are visiting, feel free to come. The first class, maybe second, and maybe third class is on me because you live. Yeah, there you go. Class. Get three free classes in Nicaragua. <laughs> oh my God. In Nicaragua. <laughs> so well, Yeti, it was so amazing to hear your voice again. I miss the crap out of you. Please, when you can, come back to Miami and visit us at Seoul. Are you coming to Wadapalooza this year? Of course. 
I am yes. coming to Waterpalooza. I'm Yay. saving money already I'm so because excited. I say, as I tell people, I need my reload. It's like people will be like, "Oh, Yeti, go somewhere else," and I'm like, "No, you guys don't understand the energy that I yes. get from this." People. And bring them all so, here. Bring them you all do with you. you. <laughs> yeah, you want a Nicaragua section at, at Waterpalooza? <laughs> bring all of your friends and like co-coaches and all that. I want to meet them all. And, yeah, and get them. Yeah, right. And I get want them you to. all in soul shirts too, so you can all be soul family down in Nicaragua. <laughs> It'll be so great. Well, thank yes. you so much, Yeti. Um, it is time for me to sign off now, thank and you. let's stay connected. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay, perfect. Love thank you too, love babe. You. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. 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 So there you have it, folks. Yeti Osorio, one of my dear friends, part of the CrossFit Soul family, the Red Gita Yoga family, um, delivering some serious inspiration, I hope, to all of you guys listening. Thank you again so much for tuning into these episodes. It's really been an incredible journey and opportunity for me to be able to do these episodes and interview the people I get to interview. So um, if you have any suggestions for future guests on this podcast, please send me an email at redcheetayoga at gmail.com. That's R-E-D, like the color, C-H-E-E-T-A-H, like the animal, yoga at gmail.com find me on instagram nikki the fairy n-i-k-k-i the fairy f-a-i-r-y and at red cheetah yoga on instagram and red cheetah yoga on facebook um so i'd love to hear from you guys i'd love to see you guys in the events that i have coming up again it's the cheetah coalition project class power yoga class at brickle city center celebrating the um opening of the studio that's up and coming so make sure to get online and donate link is in the bio for both my personal instagram account and my business instagram account click on the cheetah coalition project that is where you will get classes gear depending on how much you donate um, you will get three classes for $25, five, um, eight classes for $50. You'll get a shirt and eight classes for a $100 donation. Um, so get on there and donate to the studio. Help us get these doors open as soon as possible so that we can get to work helping out our veterans. Goat Yoga is January 18th and February 1st and 2nd. All those classes are at 9 o'clock in the morning here in Miami at John Ferguson High School. If you're searching for that event on Eventbrite, it's goat yoga make sure it's john ferguson high school here in miami there are many goat yogas around the country pick the right one um it is also probably the only one happening in winter time so you probably shouldn't have a, a too hard of a time finding it um and also the brickle city center class is also on Eventbrite. it's the um sweat and stretch event Lululemon Brickle City Center. I hope to see all of you at all of the events. I know it's a huge and very like superfluous ask, but I'm putting it out there anyway. So thank you so much again, you guys, and I'll talk to you all next time. Bye.